Welcome to Leader Spotlight. On this podcast, we bring you the stories of leaders, their personal stories, and put a spotlight on the inspiring things they are doing in their organizations. Hello, everyone. I'm Annette Klozowski, your host. I am with Annie Brown, our producer, co-host. Annie is, let's see, what am I going to say about you, Annie? You're, I say the same thing every time, but like you're a marketing and creative genius. Um, you can do everything. You're geeky. I love that about you. So yes. you teach me new skills all the time with the applications we use. So I love that. Um, so welcome everyone to another episode of Leader Spotlight. Today's episode is going to be really fun. I'm excited about it. Um, we are starting a new series and it's called Here's What I Know. I'll give you a little background about that. But today we are going to talk about conspiracy theories. And is there a way to apply their tactics and their foundations to corporate politics and culture. So today the guest that we have is Patty Toms. She's a social media media maven. She's a performance coach, style coach. She's really kind of all things cool, I think. Um, She has a very interesting story just about redefining herself along her journey, which we probably should have her on um, again just to talk about that. Um, she's one of my favorite people just to hang out with, and she um, is what really helped lead us to this Here's What I Know series. So we were watching the Grammys not too long ago. I can't remember what, a couple weeks ago, and she was pointing out all the Illuminati symbolism to me, and we got into this discussion about the theories and secret societies, and as I was listening and really learning, because I really didn't know a lot about all of it, it kind of hit me that it sounded very relatable to corporate culture. So we started talking about how do you apply some of their tactics, and that's kind of how Here's What I Know was born. So I know we're not um, by any means conspiracy theory experts, except Annie, you may be, because you listen to so many podcasts about conspiracy theories and your true crime cults and so you may be but um but today we're, we're not advocating for any of these um theories we're not experts we're just business people that um are taking a fun way to apply what we know into the bit world of business so annie do you think you're an expert when it comes to conspiracies well i have watched quite a few videos on the topic on YouTube. So I guess we'll find out. And we're doing, I'm literally doing a podcast on it now. So I'm pretty proud maybe that I am officially a conspiracy theory expert. Now. <laughs> That's um, the secret uh, indulgence comes out. <laughs> yes. The, the not so secret indulgence. Cause I bring it up in almost every conversation, but that's, that's a whole nother thing. By the way, I wanted to let you guys know, um, let us know in reviews and IG comments. If you are a fan of this, what I know episode, and we'll definitely do more of them. Uh, we pick out a few reviews every episode to read on the air. Here is a great five-star review from Candice at Tango. She says, I always love listening to the story behind the entrepreneur. Thank you for curating such an interesting um, and inspirational stories. If you are an entrepreneur, I highly recommend a listen. So thank you, Candice. Yes, yes. Thank you, Candice. We um, really appreciate all the follows, the input, the reviews. We get people sending us ideas. We get feedback. So love all of that. So thank everyone for doing that. All right, the main event. Welcome, Miss Patty Toms. 
Miss Sasha Maven, all things cool. How are you? I'm doing very well today. Thank you. And I'm so excited to be able to have a conversation with like-minded women about this. I know. I'm excited. I'm excited. So, okay, there's a couple of things you have to know about Patty. And we've been friends for a long time. And despite that, I think we root for opposing teams in about every sport. So <laughs> OU Texas, the Oklahoma City Thunder, Spurs, um, and we're still like the best of friends. I love that. Yeah, you can even add in OU OSU because I like OSU. Well, that's true. Yeah. There's lots of things wrong with you, and I still love you. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we both love dogs. So I, that's that is true. Together. That's true. I am a crazy dog person, so that is very true. Yes. And you are even crazier. Yes. So, yes. All right, well, we're going to dive in. Um, I'm going to set a little foundation just for all of us to, to start because this is really kind of a big a big topic, but I want to define conspiracy theory just in a very simple way. Um, it's a means of constructing and communicating a set of personal values. So if you think of these theories, they really help organize and regulate experience in a meaningful way to to that person or that group, right? So um, you can already hear a little bit of company culture kind of talk coming out. Um, an example, just a simple one, to kind of get your head in the right place would be like vaccinations. You know, there's a theory that vaccinations cause autism. And um, we're not here to debate whether that is true or not. It's just here the example that, you know, there was a group of parents that believed that the pharma companies were not giving all the information. And so they started forming these theories about it and um, went down their own path, right, to research and create their own opinion. And if you, if you really peel that onion back, it's really they lost trust. There was not a transparency. That was all hindered. And so that's when things started to break down. And that, that's really what we're going to focus on is, is really about when, when those things are breaking down inside a company or on a team or something, we're going to try to apply some of these um, tactics and conspiracy theory um, things to those things. So, okay, I'm the new kid on the block here with all of this. So Patty um, has much more of a background, which that's what led us to even do this topic. And then Annie, come to find out, is this, was this closet conspiracy therapist. So here we have both of you on the line, and I'm excited about that. So kind of let's just jump in. Um, Patty, I just want to kind of first start with, you know, like, let's relate these um, conspiracy theories to like the corporate world. Let's just kind of start with, um, you know, like a big vision, if you will. Yeah. So one of my favorite conspiracy theories is the Illuminati. One, it's entertaining. Uh, two, it has a lot of information and you can go down a rabbit hole on YouTube in order to look at pop culture Illuminati references. That's my favorite it does go back into history, though, um, I believe even into the, the 1800s, but I like to look at the pop culture world of it because it is entertaining. But because of that, bottom line, Illuminati is really about the influence and power of people to have world domination. So with that being said, the big vision part of it is very corporate America and is very much leadership 
um, emotional intelligence skills and all of those things. And so even looking at Illuminati as that conspiracy theory and everything that that entails, it's all power and influence. And so I think with big vision, it is about how you powerfully influence others regardless of what role you're in. And that could be from an admin role all the way to being the CEO of a company. Yeah, I and I really feel like, and I when I coach, a lot of times I tell leaders that when there is a blank, when, when there's an unknown and you have people that are seeking information around that unknown, if you don't fill that blank in, they're going to fill it in. They'll fill it in with something and they may go around and gather that information, but that's where things start misaligning, if you will, is when people hold information and there's not a transparency. So, um, so I, I, I love that. I love that start. So let, let's talk about just navigating that structure of a company. Well, even some of the conversations that we were having earlier on when uh, we were watching some of the performances, uh, I was like, oh my gosh, she did the triangle thing or she's holding her fingers in this special way. Uh, It's part of that feeling uh, of being part of a group. So the bigger vision and feeling included even in the workplace Mm -hmm. or just as a leader, but also feeling like groups are potentially out to get you and how to deal with them and having uh, those conversations in big vision thinking because uh, those crucial crucial conversations are hard to have uh, in the symbolism of everybody coming together as one big, huge group versus just one person's leading. And so part of my, uh, what is it, interest in Illuminati is also the camaraderie Uh, whether it's for good or for bad, they come together with this one big vision, but they have all these little intricacies that make them, what is it? Make them powerful. That's the best word I can come up with. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of the analogy. If you think about water, you know, like in, in companies, what, what you're being told by, from the top, you know, from executives, you know, you're being told one thing, the undercurrent of the water is what actually happens. So they may say their values are these, or this is what we're about, but what somebody experiences inside a company can be quite different. And that's that undercurrent that will pull people down, right? That that's, that's really um, kind of what happens. And so, you know, these conspiracy theories, you know, they're, they are grouping together, they're creating, you know, the like-mindedness of what their values and beliefs are, which then they can have influence. They're giving hope, right? There's that sense of belonging. I mean, it's all those things that really is what we want in organizations too. Oh, absolutely. I know one of my biggest wins in my life throughout my corporate career on into my entrepreneurial career is the power of community and how it's used for good. And all of these conspiracy theories and all of these things that are thrown out, ultimately, it's a huge community, though. And it's these people banding together. Um, But in corporate world, I feel like we can definitely use those models um, for good. And that is one of my favorite things about being part of a team and also finding other like-minded entrepreneurs that are doing the same thing that I'm doing uh, because there's power in a huge community. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how about productivity? That's another, you know, like execution productivity is another, I think, word we see in when we coach or working with organizations. Um, So what do you think about the productivity piece of it? I think there's a lot of hard work and strategy that goes into everything that uh, any label that a conspiracy theory has. There's a lot of, one of the things that uh, Annie had brought up uh, when we were doing our conversations beforehand was the marketing value. They are some of the best marketers ever. And uh, being able to see so much of their strategy the in-depth details uh, with the behind the scenes that you were talking about, which we only see the front end. We don't see the back end. And it has proven to be extremely productive. We're having an entire podcast about it right now. Yeah. Andy, what about, I know you talk about kind of your true crime networks. Um, Talk a little bit about that because I think that might fit here really well. Yeah, I think... It's interesting because thinking about the Illuminati, if their vision is, you know, world domination and everything is, you know, targeted towards that, the true crime um, networks are really interesting because it's justice for blank. Um, And so that's where a lot of the podcasts, now there is debate, um, you know, within the, the communities about taking advantage of families or taking it like, um, basically using people's very sad stories for entertainment and what does that mean but the ones that do it really well they're basically saying like look like this happened the family is really suffering because we don't know who caused this crime or we don't know what happened to them or they're a missing person so let's find them and so it's really been interesting being in these facebook groups which i joined initially to um you know learn about more podcasts I could listen to, but actually because there's that social mission underlying, um, the, the communities, like they are so driven to, um, basically solve these crimes in a way that they could never, never solve them otherwise. Yeah. Well, I know my daughter, uh, she listens to those. I know you two have bonded over that, but um, it's interesting because something will come on and she will, she knows the, um, the criteria or the equation. She'll like, Oh, this happened. You know, this is the person that did it, you know, at the beginning of something. And it's like, how do you know that? Cause she's just applying the structure that she's watched over and over of, of how they do that. So, you know, productivity is really about, creating that efficient structure and workflow that, um, you know, has, has an output that's consistent. So I, I, I kind of like that connection. Okay. Let's go to confidence. Oh yeah. Well, this one, I, this is kind of a funny example. Um, but I, I really thought of one, just the confidence of being like, I'm going to start a secret society and like dominate the world. That's a whole thing. But I was thinking about it. One of my, one of my favorite shows that somehow I find so relaxing is ancient aliens. And every single episode, if you start to watch them is the exact same. And basically the premise of the show, if you haven't watched it is that these, they call themselves ancient astronaut theorists. Um, They believe that basically all of ancient history from like the pyramids to civilization to religion is all related to aliens visiting. 
So that's a whole thing. But then the the narrator is so funny because he'll go through every theory and he'll say, you know, what if the wall of Jericho came down because of ancient alien sound technology? If so, then leading into this. And so basically just taking what they say and being like, what if, oh, it's true, if so. And I thought that's such an interesting like rhetoric to use. Like obviously use it with maybe more research thing, but just like these people on the show, they have such confidence in what they're saying that like that's what really sells the show. You're like, yeah, maybe, maybe all of civilization was caused but like at the end of the show, I'm like, you know what? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> or just like that that confidence that comes from conspiracy theories, you know, uh, th- these people is somewhat admirable and I think you can you can learn a lot from that. I completely agree. That also makes me want to change my title or my bio info to uh, being an ancient social media marketer. So then all I have to talk about is the old stuff and then everybody else can handle the new stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's funny on the show too, they say, um, according to mainstream historians, so Uh, according to mainstream social media, like marketers, yeah, I would love to just talk about that and just talk about the old things and everybody else can handle the new stuff. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that's great. Well, you know, the thing when you're talking that's interesting is leaders, you know, and if you're, if you're a couple of layers down from the top, um, having that confidence, because what happens as a leader internally when you're, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid and speaking the speak, but then the organization... Um, doesn't make decisions or align with what you've been told, right? So then all of a sudden, what you've been telling your people on your team and what you've been driving towards isn't matched by someplace else in the organization. So it's interesting that if you just take some of these concepts about alignment and the big vision and the structure um, and being consistent, because that's the other thing, that I found when I really started digging in, there are so many psychology groups and there's so many people researching conspiracy theories and they're, and they did this um, one research experiment where there were two, like Reddit is a big conspiracy theory, um, I guess, social outlet. And they, they did two different groups in one, or they monitored two different groups. One had people that were like hardcore conspiracy theorists. And one was um, people that had an interest, but they, they were a little bit more social conspiracy theorists, if you will. And what they were tracking is what's different. Do, do even though they say they, they, they share the same theory that does it, do they track the same all the way through and they did to some degree, but the language they used was so different. So again, it goes back to, you know, companies having that voice and that consistent language and people that are really into the conspiracy theories, they have a language. They, it's like they speak the same language and understand it. So, you know, that was interesting. So down the rabbit hole, as you call it, uh, uh, Patty. 
Yeah, no, I completely agree with all of that. And all it keeps making me think of, uh, going back to what Annie was saying, one, I love that show too, Ancient Aliens. And now all I'm picturing, Annette, is the typical stereotypical board of directors. And instead of them calling them legacy-minded people, we just call them Ancient Aliens because that's kind of the mindset that it happens. Is. on a board uh, and just aliens in general. That's also one of my other favorite uh, conspiracy theories. I I am a believer of aliens uh, and aliens are thought to be extremely different, very threatening, uh, but extremely smart at the same time. And just like you were saying, having that emotional intelligence and the communication and what happens in a business setting is we are so different uh, in learning how to adopt what a new process is, what new governances are, how to fine tune all of those things. And uh, being able to come together again with the big vision, productivity, confidence, and learning about the culture of a company, the culture of the people in the company, gender, even now so, proper language and conversation and what happens in the corporate world, and then learning ways of how to get over the quote-unquote ancient alien mindset of ignorance just because of the unknown. And so when I think of aliens and then I think of the business world, I can't help but think of that different doesn't always mean bad or threatening. It's just a matter of learning from each other. And while, yes, we respect the foundational truths and the foundational processes of what a company started out with, we have to be progressive at the same time in order to be better and do better. Yeah. I feel like the movement we're in to where like, and I don't, I mean, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole either, but just diversity and and that we are expanding what that means and accepting people, you know, for whatever, however they're orienting or whatever they're, you know, however they step forward, whatever that is, I think, you know, we as a society of people, I think, are moving a little faster than a company culture. And so I think once companies really start expanding, back to your point of different isn't bad, mm-hmm. that we expand that, I think that opens up to companies have to learn to, to speak differently than just, you know, that corporate speak. They have to be able to open up so that, you know, it relates to a lot more demographic mindset. You know, maybe it's an ancient alien mindset. Maybe it's, you know, <laughs> well, whatever that is. But um, I do think we're in a very interesting time. Um, and I don't think there's any coincidence that there are so many conspiracy theories out there, which just tells you there's a lot of people that are not not satisfied with where things are, because that's really why these things spin up, you know? And I think inside culture and companies, um, if you have high turnover, if you have a lot, if you have silos, and these are like really nice um, corporate words we put on basically, you know, the same concept as there's a conspiracy theory. So the theory may be, you know, I'm in accounting and I'm not going to share anything because then my power will be taken away. You know, it's no different than what we're talking about now. So as we were talking, Patty, at the Grammys, I was like, this is fascinating to me. <laughs> Talk about yeah. it. Well, I think also just going back to like the Grammy thing and what you said at the beginning, and I thought was really interesting that like the breakdown of trust and how that creates conspiracy theories. 
And it got me kind of thinking with the Illuminati, you know, a big thing about making that real or quote unquote real in our modern day culture has been the celebrities. And in marketing, um, you know, I've learned that people don't really trust ads that much anymore. They kind of blow by them. And the number one marketing strategy um, I found and a lot of other companies are seeing too is the influencer marketing. And so I think that's really interesting that the Illuminati, you know, they're, you know, if they are this, this smart and existing, they're taking celebrities to kind of lead this, this mission. Right. And, but the other part of that is interesting because if Illuminati doesn't exist, then these brands, uh, influencers, celebrities are taking that, those rumors and just running with it, you know, just basically making the symbols to like spark people's intrigue, get people talking about them uh, as a way to create buzz. So like that kind of, I guess, shifts the discussion into from, from uh, culture into marketing. But I kind of saw that overlap for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, basically it's almost, it's, it's almost thinking, okay, so are we just living in a big fire festival with conspiracy theories? You know, is it one of those, uh, if the, just like you said, if the Illuminati isn't real, then we're just going with the rumors to create all this buzz and hype and something entertaining to happen. And it's like, great. So we're just living in a Groundhog Day fire festival on a constant everyday, you know, day in and day out type of a conspiracy theory related mindset. Yeah, it was Parcast Network did a really interesting two-part series on the Illuminati. And basically, the the conclusion that they came to is the Illuminati doesn't necessarily exist, but it exists in pop culture. And Mm -hmm. because of that, that's why you see, you know, Beyonce having all these symbols in her music videos. Uh, The Weeknd is a really other good example of, like, um, how he used his videos to tell a story of how he joined the Illuminati and things like this. It's like, it just makes people pay more attention to what they're doing, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I love the marketing um, piece of it. And I, I do think um, to translate that back to companies, you know, you have internal communications or marketing and external, and it is all that stickiness, you know, whether it's, whether it's what you're doing for your employees, um, and I call it drink the Kool-Aid, you know, to get them to really buy in and be part of what you're doing and, you know, bleed blue or whatever your company's colors are. Uh, it, it is that let it, let, they want to belong, but there has to be a trust and a transparency that goes along with that. And then there has to be something that is somewhat unique that's the pull that people connect to, which is this um, kind of this buzz, that creating the buzz piece of it. Well, it's interesting you said drink the Kool-Aid uh, because that actually comes from uh, Jonestown, which is uh-huh. a right? Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, I also, when, when people say, why do you listen to cults podcasts? A lot of times I'll say, well, it's great. It's, it's my favorite marketing podcast. And of course, like that is problematic, uh, statement <laughs> in its own, right. But basically, you know, if you think about, there's one quote I really like from, um, uh, Prince Guman, he's a researcher at Holt International Business School, and he says, common symbols, common culture, common vocabulary, common rituals, and common hero icon. 
Am I talking about a cult or a brand? I'm talking about both of them. And so I think that's really interesting because if you think of like Nexium, uh, 12 Tribes, Osho, they actually all have like, whether they're selling a product, a service, or a lifestyle brand, cults have to make money. And so they're making it in some way. So actually most cults do literally op- operate as a business. So I think from that perspective, now, you know, the cults that I mentioned also have a lot of, you know, uh, internal, like, accusations of abuse, of brainwashing, of, you know, destroying relationships with families, all of these things are taking advantage of their members. So that's where it becomes a destructive cult. But I think there's, there's two sides of it. Um, and Annette, you can probably talk a little bit, but like how you can turn a brand either into a positive cult um, or a culture into a positive thing or a destructive side of that cult following. So I think there's definitely two sides to the, the cult comparison to marketing and business. Well, and I think, I think that goes to leaders. I mean, we've all probably worked with people or worked for people that um, we may not have a lot of respect for. You know, we look at them as that destructive force. So they're not using their power and influence for the good of the organization, but they're using it for the good of their climb up or their prestige whatever it is. And so I think that, you know, it's, I think a lot of this goes back to what good are you looking out for? Because if I go back to the very first example of vaccinations, you know, and and again, this is very simple and I'm just using it as an example, you know, parents are just wanting the best for their children, for their children not to have issues from taking a vaccination, right? That like, that was the good. And then how do we get so far off of that good that we're trying to do. And it's because I think when that trust and transparency are impeded, then it becomes us against them. And then it's a, it's a war. It's not a good for, you know, it's like who, who's, who's going to win and who's going to be right. Um, so I, right. I think and also I, who can be taken advantage of. I think yeah. Another, yeah. Another so there's like leaders this. that get yeah. people in their camp and, you know, start movements within an organization uh, that, you know, aren't healthy. I mean, they're just not healthy. So, you know, if it, and I always say uh, for kind of what I do is a lot like adult daycare, you know, if everybody would just behave and uh, we could all have a lot more fun doing what we're doing and we'll probably make a lot more money, but you get these mindsets in there. And again, there's a blank and that blank is not filled in. And so people fill in that blank. They don't know what's going on. They feel like the company's not giving them information or they're, they're told one thing and they're seeing something else. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, their leader doesn't display, you know, what those company values are. And so then you just start getting these dynamics at play. And when I work with organizations, very rarely is it like bad people, you know, like a bad person is in there. It's dynamics and miscommunication and territory turfs and the politics. That's why there's politics in companies because people are trying to, you know, maneuver around all of these, you know, things going on that aren't very healthy. It's a lot of energy. A lot of energy. (laughs) (laughs) But with uh, cults and corporate culture, I think one of the biggest things, and it does go all the way back, just like Annie had said to the beginning of the conversation, uh, is productivity and then confidence is Ultimately, there is one main leader with one main idea, and it's a matter of getting those people on board 
to be able to follow suit with what that vision is going to carry out. So then it goes back again to the beginning of the conversation of big vision. And I agree with you, Annie, completely that uh, even though Colts is one of those deep rooted, deep seated mind psychological thriller type of conspiracy theories. Uh, It is very interesting in the marketing world and the way that those things coexist. Yeah, hundred percent. I also think, um, you know, again, like to the two sides of it. So for cults and corporate culture, you could put the word, you know, like there's arguments on both sides, right? Like why you, you should put the word cult back in culture, right? It's actually in that word. Um, or is your corporate culture cultish? So the example would be uh, Facebook has been accused of having a cult-like workplace where dissent isn't discouraged and you're supposed to be happy all the time. And, you know, what does what does that do versus having a culture that, you know, people are obsessed with your mission. So again, like kind of back to that energy, positive energy versus the negative kind of repressed energy. That's a book. Put the cult back in culture. <laughs> Getting your people obsessed with your mission. Well, we could go on forever, I think, uh, talking about this. And um, I know we um, have some interesting resources that Annie's found, and uh, I'm sure we can um, tag them to this podcast for everybody. Definitely. But here's what I know. There are an awful lot of people that have a lot of extra time that I don't have that create all this stuff. So when I was starting to research it, I was like, where do they find the time? Oh, I know that I always think that too. When I go on these like deep threads and they like, somebody made like a video where they pulled out all the symbolism and then played the video backwards and interpreted all the words. I was like, am I doing something wrong? (laughs) Do I not manage my time well enough? I was reading all the research of just conspiracy theories and like, it was hard for me. I'm not even smart enough to read the research paper. I mean, the way they talked, it's kind of like reading a legal document sometimes. And I'm like, wow. And cause you know, you know, they're not, it's not like they're, it's their day job and they're, you know, spitting out a product or service. So yeah, that's what I know. People have better time management skills than I do. Well, I think there's also like a cult of cults, right? There's like this following of true crime and uh, cults and conspiracy theories that just kind of taken off. And there's a lot of things about why that's taken off lately. Part of it is it's like um, an adrenaline rush, I guess you get from being from facing something that you're scared of. And so that's why people like that. It's a whole uh, conversation to have, but yeah, it's, it's uh, definitely a whole network of, of people online for sure. Yeah. Well, and I just love the, um, like the Apple kind of cult thing. Cause I mean, we can think of so many companies that are like that, you know, like Tesla, you know, they're, they're going to have a, they have a cult like following. There's um, Zappos, you know, and there's just so many that kind of fall into that. So it's very interesting. Yeah, and also they're using that for for good too. That's that's the thing. Um, yeah, that kind of I think separates it from, you know, again like the destructive versus the positive. 
Yeah, exactly. I think one of the positive cult mindsets is all of us that love Ellen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, and she's a brand persona, not so much a actual service brand, but being able to follow that. I don't know. I don't think I've ever met a person that didn't like her. I know. Did you see where uh, she really branches off in, uh, she just started a new Instagram page, like pause something. And she's pause only up. Posting, yeah, pause up. And mm-hmm. she's only posting animal videos because it, it, they're just positive and happy. It makes everybody happy. Um, she does a lot of that, whether it's her brand she's doing. So yeah, again, it's, it's the same thing. Um, and, and I don't think she shies away from, um, different mindsets or hearing people out. She's not disrespectful. She, you know, I think she's does probably a really good job of, um, having a, a set of values and beliefs and she, but she exercises that for good. I completely agree. Well, I know we could talk forever, but, um, Patty, we end the show by asking our guest who are there for? So it's that saying of show me who you have around you, who your closest people are and your mentors, and I'll kind of show you your future. So I just want to end with who are you for? I love this question. And it's one of my favorite things that y'all do at the end of the podcast. And I look forward to it. And so my four is my number one is definitely my father, Benny. He is a country boy, a successful military man, successful businessman. He's a class act. uh, When you think of classy men from back in the day that were a renaissance type man, but also could be sensitive at the same time. That's my dad. He taught me the fundamentals of business and life. I think one of the number one things that he taught me, and I appreciate it as a woman, is how to shake someone's hand properly because there is a way and to look them in the eye. And from that point on, uh, the rest is gravy. And so my father, Benny's definitely my, my number one. Uh, my number two is my mom, Esther. One of the biggest reasons why is because she is the first person that introduced me to the corporate world as a woman. And she instilled and inspired me to live out a career mindset. Uh, Even though she had a hard life, uh, she basically would always tell me, take a chance on yourself and others will too, because you're worth it. And if you know your worth, everyone else will know it as well. And that has definitely carried me through my career, my professional development, my business life, and then just personal life too. And my number three is, uh, you might know her. She's this woman named Annette White Klosowski. Uh, It sounds cliche, but people that do know me in the business world and uh, in my together digital world, I talk a lot about Annette. The reason why is because we started out as church friends and then became uh, worked in business together. And then you were my boss for a period of time. And then we went through some personal things, my life, personal things, uh, where you went back to uh, a deep-rooted friend hat and then became my business mentor. And it's been about over 10 years now. And 
one of the things that I love most about the relationship that I have with you and then the business mentorship that I have with you is we've had some very, very crucial conversations personally between you and I as growth as women, um, but then also higher level thinking and actions and hard lessons uh, and then major successful wins. So you're definitely in that. And I speak a lot about you and our relationship and what I learned from you. And every time I go into town, I get to have my coaching meeting with you to talk about the next steps for my future. So I appreciate that a lot. And um, my fourth person, and I've said this a lot before when people have asked me who inspires me, being a Latin woman, I, I know she's not uh, in the business world uh, but she is important to me as Frida Kahlo. And the reason why is because her approach to life is a no BS kind of mindset. Uh, she cared about her career. She was passionate about it. And it was con- or it is contagious to be able to read everything about her and her mindset and her quotes, how she went about her business life, but then also how she made that work and align with her personal life. So for me, she's definitely ahead of her time and a major inspiration in my life. And I have to say the style part of me, I like that she uh, had her own style and was doing the whole menswear before it was even popular. Oh, I love that. Well, everybody needs a a patty in their life. So one thing I value about you is um, we, I always say we, we talk straight to each other. I mean, um, you have to have a person in your life that will walk in and say, you need to get it together. <laughs> or <laughs> I'm telling you what, that is not cool. <laughs> and be able to sharpen that saw and, or say, you're playing too small. Quit playing small. You got to play bigger. And so that's what I love about you, Patty, is um, not only do you, you know, do style coaching and you're fabulous and help me in that category, but you're just one of those people that I know. If I ask you, you and you always say, "Do you do you want me to be honest?" Because <laughs> then I know. Prepare yourself; it's coming. But I love that, and and I think just for anybody, make sure you have those people around you that call you on your stuff, or you can ask a question and you'll get the answer. So I love that about you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Well, we're going to have to have you back on because just your journey and kind of how you redefined yourself and we need to have you back on just to talk about that. But where can people find you? Because if they need social media help, I mean, obviously, you know, she's creative, she's in touch with what's going on, she's relevant. Uh, So that's something key to know. So if they need social media help, you also are a great business coach and you can help pretty much anybody in any aspect of their career path. And then also you're a phenomenal style coach, which kind of goes along with business and professionalism. So where can people find you if they want to find you? The top three biggest places that you can find me is at my website, which is Patty Style Coach. It's P-A-T-T-Y, pattystylecoach.com. All of my social media services are on there as well. And then LinkedIn, uh, I love that social platform. And so you can find me on LinkedIn under Patty Toms. And then all of my social media handles are under Patty Toms and Patty Style Coach. And so I'm pretty much on everything except... TikTok. That's the only thing I'm not on. Wow. Slacker. I know. <laughs> I'm just excited. I know what that is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much for just taking time to be with us. And um, I loved, uh, I mean, I, th- I don't know how long we talked that night about just, uh, we kept going through, here's what I know. <laughs> yes. we I'm like, that's got to be a podcast. We've got to have a series about that. So thank you for kind of being the first one on. And Annie, thank you so much because um, you're a knower of so many things and um, you uh, help in so many ways. So thank you. Well, I'm glad that this... Uh this knowledge that I have finally came in handy. So <laughs> see, <laughs> see, that's right. We're, we're just, now we're just encouraging you, aren't we? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is, this is my job now. So we'll have to, I don't, I don't know how this is going to affect me, but it's definitely going to just, just make it worse. So, yeah. <laughs> well, And I'm just in the cool club now. That's all I have to say. here. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leaders Spotlight. Make sure to visit our website, AnnetteKlazowski.com forward slash Leaders Spotlight, where you can find resources mentioned on this show, as well as past episodes. Check for new episodes of Leaders Spotlight every Friday, or better yet, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can also follow us on Instagram at Leaders Spotlight.